What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the latest installment of the Pocketline Podcast. I'm your host, Mitchell Manis, along with Jack. How you Yo. doing today? Hey, I'm well. You know, that is good. Surviving day by day out here in the jungle. Is that what you call the mean streets of Pittsburgh? Yeah, I All guess. Right. Um, we've got a variety of topics today. We're going to talk about three different sports. Well, not two sports. Two sports, three, three leagues. leagues. Uh, the NFL, yep. college football. We have not talked about college football yet this year, so we were kind of slacking. So we're going to talk about that for a few minutes here today. And to close out the show, we're going to be talking uh, about the baseball series that are going on as we speak. Game five's tonight, the last, uh, of, last of the series that have yet to conclude in the first round. So we'll be getting into those three. Um, but nonetheless, we're going to start back off with the NFL. And specifically, we're going to talk about some fantasy. And we've put together some buy lows and sell highs for you to win your leagues. If you're starting off 1-4 uh, and four or 0-5 oh like Jack is in a lot of leagues, yep. uh, you should listen up to this, this part. Yeah, listen up to the fantasy editor. That sucks. Yeah, so we've got one fantasy expert and one... One fantasy player. One fantasy, barely a player. Um, but one of no, first. I'm, I'm doing well in one league, but yeah, okay. One, uh, one of five, probably or six. Four. All right, let's relax. Do you want to go first? I guess so. All right, what's your first buy? What's your buy low? My buy low. I I kind of said it on the Instagram page of a week or so ago, so everyone should have bought low on him then. But if you didn't, it's not too late because he hasn't really taken that taken it up to the next level quite yet. But that is Le'Veon Bell, running back of the New York Jets. Um, there's plenty of reasons why you should buy low on him. He hasn't, I mean, he's put up okay numbers like RB2 numbers, uh, in PPR leagues and borderline RB2, RB3 numbers in standard leagues. Uh, but Le'Veon is his best game, came, best game came with Sam Darnold. Uh, that was week one versus Buffalo. And now, as we all know, Sam Darnold is back, uh, from his disease, um, <laughs> his, his illness, not a disease. Is STD, um, probably. Well, uh, yeah. He had okay. mine. Sam Darnold did. Not anymore. He's cleared to play. He's back. He will be the starting quarterback of the Jets as they take on the Dallas Cowboys this Sunday. Uh, but Le'Veon's best came came with Sam, and that's reason for optimism you know, to spark some life into this pretty bad New York Jets offense. Another reason, Le'Veon Bell's kind of, he's traditionally a slow starter. He always, I mean, he's for a variety of reasons, whether he's been suspended or holding out. Uh, for one reason or another, he's always started slow. So this is, I mean, he, had, he hadn't played football for a year and, in an actual game. So you kind of expect some rust, but I mean, that's another reason. And the main reason why I am buying low on Le'Veon, which I have done in two leagues, by the way. I'm not just – I'm putting my money where my mouth is. I've actually done this in two leagues. Uh, but his schedule weeks 8 through 14 is at Jacksonville, at Miami, versus uh, at home versus the Jets – I mean, sorry, the Giants, um, at Washington, home against the Raiders, at Cincinnati, and home against the Dolphins. That really could not get any easier, and I expect him to make a big uh, second-half improvement and push your team to the playoffs. Nice. I yep. agree. Definitely. Um, all in on Le'Veon. Go ahead. 
so I'm going to break all the rules and go with my two bio candidates because I can't, I can't, I cannot uh, exclude one of these guys. I'll be quick, uh, and I'll offer. I'm not taking any counter arguments. So, um, first by low is Golden Tate. Uh, I'm a Golden Tate advocate, dynasty owner, Notre Dame alum. Why I would buy low on Golden Tate? The Giants' offense just are just, they're just dropping like flies out there. Uh, obviously, they have running back injury. Saquon's out. Could be back soon, but he's injured. Goldman's out. Um, wide receivers, they've been depleted all year. Shepard's out. This is tonight, at least. Um, and their wide receiving core just is depleted. They got, they're got they starting, they're rolling out there with, like, Darius Slayton. Um, is that his name? I don't know. Yep. Uh, Evan Ingram's out, too. He's has some injury issues himself. So there's a lot of targets up for grabs for Golden Tate. He's coming back off his four-game suspension. Um, what's his name? Daniel Jones is progressing. Uh, I'm not progressing. He's just shown some promise, I guess. Uh, and also, they got some favorable matchups coming up. I know they got the, the Patriots tonight. That's uh, kind of scary. But they got the Cardinals and Jets soon. They finish off the year. Uh with going Eagles, Dolphins, Eagles, Redskins. That's a that's a lot of that's a, a lot of poor defense in the Giants' future. Uh, maybe Golden Tate can be a a, a fancy postseason gem. And then other by low candidate, Damian Williams. I feel like people are kind of forgetting about Damian Williams. Uh, I've, I was big on him going into the year because I like uh, the lead back in an Andy Reid Chiefs offense. Um, but now he, he was injured for, I believe, two weeks, but now he's back. Uh, came back on Sunday night against the Colts. Um, and it was clear that they Andy Reid went back to only having one running back really involved. Uh, McCoy didn't do much. Darrell Williams didn't have a fancy point. I know Damien only had 5.3 half PPR points. Um, but that was kind of subject to game script. They were obviously down and they lost, but they will not be down in many games, as we all know, the Chiefs. So uh, I'm back on uh, Damian Williams and Bilo and Golden Tate. Yeah. No, that's, that's definitely good. I think Golden Tate could definitely have a lot of targets, especially with the their, their skill position players are just dropping like flies. So right. he's really kind of only the last man standing. Um, so yeah. I think he could definitely have some value in PPR leagues for sure. And then Williams, I yeah, I mean, it's somewhat crowded – excuse me, somewhat crowded of a backfield, but I think the Chiefs really like him. And I think, like, I don't know where I heard this, but I believe Andy Reid said, like, yeah, once Damien comes back, the job is clearly his. Yeah. Like the, lead, I mean, the, the majority of the players. That's just era. historically what Andy Reid does. He just he goes 6-1 to one backfield. I know I know that, uh, obviously, him and McCoy have history, but Dane Williams is his guy right now, so, yeah. All right. Who's your sell high? My sell high is Adam Thielen. Uh, okay. He's coming off of a terrific performance against the terrible New York Giants secondary. Um, I believe he is the number 12 receiver in fantasy right now uh, for all the you know all the wide receivers. But the Vikings are a very low volume pass offense, and that is evident because Thielen is only on pace for 96 targets in the entire year. He averages six targets a game. He has 30 targets through the first five weeks. So that's not going to be enough. I mean, if you you figure he's going to catch about set, like 70%, 70% 
60 to 70 percent of his targets. That's right there, only 67 catches. And he is he kind of the only reason why he is considered a wide receiver one right now is because of his touchdowns. And I mean, touchdowns always regress to the mean, whether it's too low or too high for all players. And right now it seems like it's a little too high for the amount of volume that he's getting. And you just got to trust that it's going to regress to the mean. So it's kind of just, I feel like this one's kind of an obvious one. I don't think his value will ever be as high as it is right now, unless they trade Stefan Diggs, which is a possibility. Sure. But I'd, even even so, the Vikings are just not a team that's going to throw the ball enough to sustain Thielen where he was being drafted, I think. I could definitely, yeah, I agree. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, my sell high, uh, Todd Gurley. My main reason for sell high is his health. Um his knees are still are still nagging him. Um, currently, day to day, I mean, at the time of recording, but still, we all know that he has knee problems that are just going to continue. Um, there and oh yeah, the headlines the uh, says, "quote The Rams are caught off guard by his lingering soreness." I mean, that's with that's it's going to happen when he has like arthritis or whatever. Um, I mean, they. Sh- I feel like they showed signs the Rams did in the beginning of the year where they limited Gurley. Uh, I feel like he got off to a slow start, and I don't think they're not afraid to do that again. I mean, especially if health is a concern. They want to prolong him. So, yeah, I'd sell high. He may not play this week, as you said, yeah, before recording. So, yeah. If your league's not on top of it, just rush to the waiver wire right now. Scoop up Malcolm Brown. You'll have a nice – Fill in replacement for when Gurley is either out or limited for yourself. So yeah. that could be a league winner if Gurley is out long term. All right. So there you have it. Those are our buy low and sell highs for fantasy. Uh, take my advice, not Jack's. Yeah, you should you should probably not go after Golden Tate or Damian Williams. And you should probably continue to own Todd Gurley if we're being honest here. We should have Kieran on the next show to give us his thoughts. Yeah, so 0-5, by the way, guys, if you, if you couldn't figure that one out. <laughs> All right, uh, we'll move on to college football. Right, we're doing that next? College yep. football? Cool. So right. it's about halfway through the college football season, and we are going to give you our, if if we were kind of, the, how we see these teams shaping up at the end of the year, top four, uh, the ones that are in the college football playoff. So okay. um, we'll start with number one. You can go first. Well, well, I go, we'll go back and forth. So you say one, you're one, I'll say my one, you'll say your two, and so on and so forth. So who okay. is your number one team that you believe will be the number one team at the end of the year? I got UGA. Wow. Georgia. I know um, what UGA stands for, but yes. Yes, wow, University of Georgia, and GA is the abbreviation for the state of Georgia. I think they're going to win out. Uh, I... Just they're just a great team all around. I have gained more respect for them after the Notre Dame game. Uh, that was a tough one on my end, but uh, yeah, they're a great team. They Jake Fromm is looking great. He hasn't thrown a pick yet. Um, and, uh, what DeAndre Swift is looks electric, and then they're they're just always a solid. They're so deep too. Like they like they just like roll out like. Like, I, if I'm ever, like, flipping through and a Georgia game is on, and I see, like, a big run out of that running back, I feel like it's happened multiple times. I'm like, wow, Swift looks good, and I realize, oh, it's not Swift. They just, like, roll out. I mean, they're RBU. I mean, they got uh, Gurley, then Chubb, Michelle, Swift. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Georgia's good. We know it. 
yeah, I mean, it seems like they're going to be on a collision course with Bama in the SEC championship again. So the winner of that game is going to be the one seed. So, I mean, that I, it's pretty bold, but, I mean, it could definitely happen. Um, so, but anyway, I have Bama number one. I feel like, it, in my opinion, it's going to be the winner of the SEC that is the number one seed. So I went with Bama. Um, obviously, they have the best roster in college football. They could have three receivers that are going in the first round of the NFL draft next year. Judy, uh, Henry Ruggs, and Devonta Smith has eight or nine touchdowns this year already. So, I mean, they're loaded at the skill positions. Two wish to win the Heisman. I, I, I think he should easily get the award at this point. He has completed 76% of his passes for over 1,700 yards, 23 touchdowns, and no interceptions through five games. Um People are trying to say, like, it should be Joe Burrow or Jalen Hurts or even like, Justin Fields or Jonathan Taylor. But I like Jalen I Hurts. I, it's got I, it's got to be Tua. He's too accurate, and he is 23. He's going to have better stats than he did last year, and he was, you know, he was neck and neck with him and Kyler last year. So um, I think he should win it. I mean, the, the two, if you're looking ahead of their schedule, the two toughest tax, tasks they have to face for the rest of the year, uh, in the regular season, that is, is – Number five, LSU, and number 12, Auburn. And uh, they're home against LSU in a way at Auburn, but they should win both, in my opinion. Predicting a loss against LSU. Uh, it's not going to happen. I'm telling you right now. I like LSU. Um, I, I, their Joe Burrow, I feel like he's the best quarterback they've had in a while. I, I feel like LSU has been stuck in this state for a few years now. they got to get over this hump, and... Joe Burrow's the best quarterback they've had in the past few years, from what I remember. Uh, LSU's got the number one scoring offense per game. They average 54.3 points per game. Um, great defense, too. I don't know. I just I just want to be different. But uh, I think it could – I don't know. When is that? That's soon. Uh, a couple weeks. That's, I think it's – yeah, I, I can look it up. But go ahead with your number two team. Well, yeah. So if that prediction comes true, LSU – Bama would be handed their one loss by LSU. And then if LSU wins out, the SC championship would be Georgia and LSU. So I got Georgia over LSU in that. Bama's going 11-1, and one, not in the SC championship. Uh, regardless, move on to the SEC. My number two is Wisconsin. All right, now you're starting. I mean, I like Wisconsin a lot, but you're starting to get a little crazy here. I like Wisconsin. Their defense, best defense in college football. Um, yardage wise, they only let allow 178 yards per game. That's a low number. <laughs> um, 178. Yeah, total okay. yards of offense allowed per game. Uh, they handily beat Michigan 35-14 a few weeks ago. Um, their biggest contest is going to be against Ohio State coming up next week. Two I don't weeks. remember when. Two weeks. Um, if they beat Ohio State. I think they went out. Um, I think they'd play Ohio State again in the Big Ten Championship, and then I have them beating them. You think Wisconsin is going to beat Ohio State twice this year? Yeah. Uh, I think jo- Jonathan Taylor, I don't think. I know Jonathan Taylor is great. He's currently fourth in the Heisman voting. Um, I mean, we all know Jonathan Taylor is great. Uh, yeah, so Wisconsin winning out, too. Woohoo! Um. Jonathan Taylor is really good. He is the best running back in college football this year, by far. 
Uh, yeah. No one can stop him. I mean, his worst game, he, one game, I think he had, like, around 22-ish carries for, like, 120 yards and one touchdown, and people were like, wow, that was the worst game he's ever had. So that, that bar is obviously, obviously set very high. Defense wins championships. Who's your I want, two? I wanted to pick uh, – I'll, I'll get to – I have one Big Ten team in here, but I'll get to that. Uh, number two is Clemson, just because they have a pretty easy schedule for the rest of the year. They're going to win out. Um, the only tough task they really have, I believe it's their only ranked opponent for the rest of the year. Uh, as of now, it's 19 Wake Forest. It's at that home. They might not last. Yeah, they, I mean, Wake Forest is undefeated at the yeah. moment, but who knows? They're on the outskirts of the top 25. Clemson has a very deep roster. Uh, Lawrence is obviously not having the year. I expected it, and many people expected them to have. Um, he's struggling a little bit, but and he's also a little bit hurt. But until they lose, which I don't see that happening, especially with the schedule in front of them, they're going to be number two or three in the country. So they'll be number two. Uh, my number three is my Pitt big, Panthers. My Big Twelve champion, Oklahoma Sooners. Um, Oklahoma is finally free of bad quarterback play. They're free of Baker. They're three of. They're free of Kyler, and now they got Jalen Hurts, a quarterback that I actually like. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm a I'm a sucker for a for a story like this of Jalen Hurts, um, and I like obviously Lincoln Riley's a great coach. Um, they got Texas this week. Yep. Uh, that's going to be their biggest test, and. Which they lost this. They lost Texas last year because Kyler sucks. So uh, this team is, uh, yeah, I got them beating Texas and then winning out too. You're gonna be so wrong in like two months. You're gonna be so uh, wrong. It's gonna be so bad. I don't know why we. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Well, the number three team, the actual winner of the Big Ten, is gonna be Ohio State. Um, they've got three tough games. The Big Ten is just like. They all have a pretty difficult remaining schedule. Yeah, but it's good. I mean they're good. They're all they they look pretty good this year. Justin Fields is amazing. He has eight rushing touchdowns, and I don't remember his exact passing stats, but he is a threat on the ground and in the air. They have J.K. Dobbins, who is going to have the best year of his collegiate, uh, best season of his collegiate career, and that duo is too much to handle. Ohio State is the best team in the Big Ten. And they're not going to lose. Well, they're not going to lose twice to Wisconsin. I'll tell you that. Might not lose, or they might lose twice to Wisconsin. So. Yeah, they're not doing that. Ohio State's going to win the Big Ten. They all they handle their business against Michigan every single year, and I believe they have Penn State at home. They do. And Penn State. Penn State. What? They'll beat Penn State. Yeah, I think they're going to win. They're going to beat Wisconsin twice, Penn State, and Michigan. So. Yeah, I can't wait to gonna... bet you so much money that Wisconsin's going to win. Okay. <laughs> Not this week. Um, if they play the Big Ten Championship, we'll make a wager. All right. Fair, fair. All right. Uh, my number four team is probably going to be some, like, Pac-12. It's probably going to be, like, Oregon or something, the winner of the Pac-12. <laughs> no. I, uh, I've, been, I've been flopping back and forth all day, but I'm going to stick with what I originally had, and Clemson's my number four. Alabama's not making the college football playoff. Yeah, that's right. Well, if the, if it happens how if I predict if it plays out like I predict, and Bama loses to LSU, LSU would and then LSU wins out. They're gonna play 
Georgia Bama wouldn't, Bama wouldn't be in the championship, and Georgia would beat LSU. So Bama would be 11-1, LSU would be 11-2. But anyway, okay, that, that's besides the point. Clemson is my number uh, four because I'm predicting they're going to get upset in the AC championship. By who, uh, Virginia? It's looking like Virginia now. I don't know who, but I this Clemson team I feel like is uh, not what it not as uh, good as recent years. They they've just squeaked by UNC. UNC is not a good football team. Um, and I I mean t- Trevor Lawrence hasn't he's still obviously Trevor Lawrence he's good but not he hasn't transcended into the best quarterback of all time as someone on on this call has uh, proclaimed but. Um, yeah, so as my prediction, Clemson would be 12-1 and if they get upset in AC Championship. And then my number five is our Fighting Irish. Um, which, well, too bad. If, it's only five. It's only three. If, they, if Notre Dame wins out, I'm not going to go on to a big Notre Dame rant because I feel like I've been arguing for Notre Dame's sake recently uh, to a lot of people. But um, currently they're ranked third overall and strength the schedule by team rankings behind Stanford and Auburn. Their strength of schedule is good, and if they win out, they're 11-1, losing to only what I have as number one Georgia, if that finishes out. So, yeah. That's what I have. UGA 1, Wisconsin 2, Oklahoma 3, Clemson 4, Notre Dame 5. Then, I guess, like, LSU would be 6, Bama 7. Wait, wouldn't Alabama be 6? Uh well they yeah I guess they'd be six so they'd be eleven and one but they lost LSU and LSU would be eleven and two. Don't wait. Who do you have as number two? Wisconsin. Oh, that's right. My bad. Yeah. I got you. All right, makes sense. All right, there's Jack's top four. Uh, my fourth team was Georgia. I think they're gonna go twelve and one with the only loss to Alabama in the SEC championship similar to last year. Um, Jake Fromm. Doesn't put up, like, amazing Heisman-winning numbers, but uh, he's careful with the football, doesn't turn it over. And he also has a lot of experience in big games. I trust him in the, in the clutch, so I, I know what I'm getting from him there. And DeAndre Swift is a top-three running back in college football. I trust their coach, and they've just been there before. They, they know how to play in big moments, and I trust them to, you know, I think they'll get in this time because I think that Oklahoma – is going to lose at once. I think they're going to they play they're going to play Texas this weekend and then they're also looks like they're going to play them in the Big 12 championship. I know a lot could happen, a lot could change, but that's the most likely scenario that they'll play Texas twice. And I think Texas is going to beat them at least uh, one of those times, which they will go they'll at that point Oklahoma will be 12 and 1, Georgia will also be 12 and 1, and then uh, they'll decide they're going to put Georgia in. So that's my four. It's kind of basic, but much more realistic. Uh, yeah, Bama, yeah. Clemson, Ohio mainstream. State, and Georgia. Yeah, UGA, Wisconsin, Oklahoma, Clemson. Uh, I'll just – I got UGA over Clemson. Uh, no real reasoning there, just uh, UGA is better. Uh, and then I got Wisconsin over Oklahoma because um, as much as I've been talking up Hurts in Oklahoma and Lincoln Riley just a few minutes ago, they're still a Big 12 team. and. They haven't faced an elite defense, let alone the best defense it is to get right now in college football in Wisconsin. And, yeah, 
uh, Wisconsin over Oklahoma, but then I got uh, UGA over Wisconsin national championship. Nice. Um, I I didn't do this. I didn't go farther along with the playoffs here, but if I had to do it, I'm gonna say. Hmm. I'm gonna say Georgia beats Alabama, just because. Okay. I mean, in this scenario, they'd be playing back. They'd be playing at the SEC right. championship and then in the playoff, so they play back-to-back games, not necessarily back-to-back weeks because of the break. Right. But I think Georgia right. figures them out the second time, and I'm going to say Ohio State beats Clemson, uh, and then I'm going to say Georgia beats Ohio beats State, State in the championship. Wow, way to copy mine. All right, let's move on to baseball. <laughs> All right, MLB. We're getting down to the NLCS and the ALCS. Um, uh, I guess we can start off with the heartbreaker, yeah. which was the St. Louis Cardinals defeated the Atlanta Braves 13 to one yesterday. Um, we, me, Jack, and resident gambler TJ, all placed wagers on the Atlanta Braves to win it all, and they're out, eliminated in the NLDS. Yep. And this game was particularly deflating because the. Uh, the Cardinals scored 10 runs in the top of the first inning, and Atlanta was down 10 to nothing at the very start. Um, yeah, so I told you this. Uh, I got this from Justin Havens of Starting Nine, uh, Barstool's baseball podcast. Uh, what he essentially said, and I agree, we said this before the series, kind of cautioning. Is that the word, cautioning? Um, but he questioned the decision to roll out with Keiko as their game one starter, then Fulton Nevich, then Soroka. Uh, Soroka has been undoubtedly their best pitcher all year. He raced around like a two four, I believe. Um, but his home and roads, like he's as the best ERA on the road in baseball at one thirty one three three. That's why they wanted Soroka on the road. Which, yeah, so that's a strategic play and having him be their day three. But in postseason baseball, you just got to have your, your best pitchers available at for the most amount of games possible. And if things were rearranged and they didn't wait till game three to pitch Soroka, Soroka could have been available on uh, for game five. And I would assume Soroka would not let up 10 runs in the first inning. Uh, so this loss... Put it on Fulton Nevich, but also Brian Snicker, the Braves manager, or whoever's making the rotation decisions, um, he'd be at fault too, in my opinion. I didn't. I turned on the game like when it was three nothing. So I, I was just getting home from school, and I turned it on. It was already three or four nothing, I believe. And at that point, Freddie Freeman had an error apparently that TJ was telling me about that cost a run, and that could have. I think maybe been the second or third out. So no, if, no TJ was TJ was wrong on that. He texted me that too. He says if Freeman doesn't make that error, then this game would be one nothing, which that's just not true. He, it'd be wait. It's it's too hard to explain, but TJ's wrong. It it, it the error would not have made it one nothing because Freeman would have had to turn two, and that was not possible for the way for in the place that he was playing in. And then you can't just say that, like, Soroka, I mean, whoever, Fulton Nevich just wouldn't let up the rest. So it's that's not yeah. true. Yeah. 
I mean, it, you could say it would be, uh, they would be better off, obviously. Sure. And, yeah. And, but... and there's a difference between being down like five nothing and being down ten nothing in the first. Kind of has a psychological effect on your team, but um, there's no way of knowing this didn't happen, and we lost money. So okay, there's, there's the point. The Cardinals are moving on, and they will face. The Washington Nationals, who defeated yes. the Dodgers. This I didn't get to watch any of this game because I had to study for a test. But Jack, I think watched it all, and it was, seemed like it was pretty. I watched good. most, but I watched the end, which matters. Um, crazy game. Uh, Walker Bueller pitched a great seven, six, six innings, six and two thirds innings. Um, only one earned allowed, earned allowed. Uh, he lets Bueller lets two runners on, so they bring out Kershaw in the seventh. Uh, Kershaw, one, two, three strikes in a row, uh, ends the seventh, and then they decide to throw Kershaw back out there again, and uh, what's about solo home run to Soto, and then next very next pitch, sorry, solo home run to Rendon, very next pitch, solo home run to uh, Soto. So game's 3-3 at uh, Kershaw's fault there. So they pull him, uh, bring in uh, someone else, whatever. So the eighth. Oh, yeah. So the game, uh, let's see what happens. Uh, well, that was in the eighth inning. And then yeah. So eventually, eventually just went into extras, right. And he throws Joe Kelly out there. Dave Roberts does, Dodgers manager, and lets him load the bases, doesn't pull him. Yeah, Joe Kelly pits in ninth and 10th, uh, and then loads the bases and lets up a home grand slam to Howie Kendrick. Um, so this morning and just the day after, whatever, Roberts has been, what I've seen online, that he's been getting a lot of criticism for his pitching decisions with letting Kershaw go out there because of Kershaw's postseason struggles throughout his entire career and then leaving Joe Kelly out there longer than he should have. Um, so questionable decisions there. I don't know if he's on the hot seat or not, but uh, another deflating uh, postseason exit for the Dodgers. And this is probably the best Dodgers team of the past several years. So that's even more deflating. So not a good day to be an LA Dodgers fan. I feel like everyone says that about the Dodgers every year. They're like, this is the best Dodgers team it's ever been. But this is. They won 106, seven games, six games. I'll look up their records of the previous years. but Record-wise, I'm sure and then even their rotation. Like, Bueller, this is his second year. He's a, maybe their best pitcher. And then Ryu is the ERA leader, which he has not been in years past. They're pitching better than years in years past. And... They have an MVP candidate, probably going to win the MVP in Bellinger, and then just power all around. Like, this is definitely their best team in the past. And that, at least since their past two World Series. Um, yeah, in 2017, they, they won 104 games, so that was pretty comparable, I guess, to this year. But, yeah, I mean, this is probably the most wins they've ever had in a season. Yep. Yeah. It is. Um, so, yeah, I don't know really much to say else about the Dodgers here. Yeah, they choke. They do. And Kershaw, too. Kershaw, is, I told you, sent you this. I mean, it's just his postseason stats. His ERA is like a 4-3 postseason, as opposed to his career ERA is like a 2-4. Uh, 
And like, that's not just like skewed for like a small amount of performances. Like he's, yeah, they're in it every year pretty much. It's the whole season of postseason games in his career. So I guess we'll move on from them. Sucks, sucks for them. Uh, Yankees and twins next. Um, I don't know. The world series, huh? I, I mean, I didn't think they'd go to the World Series, but I just liked the odds and what they were at. So, uh, I still, well, okay, it's ruined now because the Braves are out, but I did have also money on the Yankees. Uh, Yankees crushed them. <laughs> they, I was going on 23 to 7 in this, uh, in this sweep. Uh, I guess I'll highlight uh, Randy Dobnak. He's the, uh, I don't know if you saw, he was the former Uber driver. No, I, think I saw something about that. Yeah. Uh, he had a, a crazy uh, career path of how he got to got to be a ALDS starter, but uh, yeah, he had a bad outing. Which their rotation after Barrios and Odorizzi, which were they're solid, they're good and solid. Like I don't know, Dobak was not a uh, I guess not an ideal third starter, but and then they just had other guys that didn't show up. Like I was talking about Mitch Garver, and before the. Uh, the series he only went he went two for 12 uh max kepler went hitless zero over 10 and then miguel Sano went one for 12 guys that they relied on throughout the season just didn't show up and then the yankees just continued to be yankees and just smash home runs and then they're pitching all yankees pitching also stayed afloat which was a potential concern how did the tanka pitch in this series uh yeah i don't remember uh what is uh <laughs> what is outing what is, what is line one but when you did when you did your when you did your MLB episode and you and you and you talked about him I'm like Tanka there he is <laughs> I should have said I should have said it yeah <laughs> oh yeah that's right yeah or said it either like what you wrote Tanka or said it like Stephen A uh, Masahiro Tanaka it's the best all right uh, that's all I gotta really say about that and then the Rays Astros finish off tonight. So the Astros, Astros were up 2-0, right? And now it's now the Rays have tied it up. Is that how it went yeah. down? It'd be uh, in, crazy to see the Rays in the ALCS. I mean, uh, it's also a great sight to see uh, two former Pirates pitchers battling out tonight in Garrett Cole and Tyler Glass now. Um, and this series is just full of ex-Pirates. Uh, Charlie Morton started, what, I forget what game, obviously. Austin Meadows, Glasnow, Cole. So this, that that that's good. That's a shot I'm, to the nuts. I'm 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 I, you know what I traded I trade them all away to retain Chris Archer. So it's worth it. Just, I didn't even I didn't even know that 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 um Glasnow and Cole were like pitching tonight to get like against yeah. each other. Yeah. That's, uh, that one hurts. I, that's not good. But yeah, this is uh I think. Well, Mr. I was watching. I was at Mr. Anthony's house the other night watching the game four between the Rays and the Astros, and he thinks that if the Rays uh, move on, I, he thinks the Yankees are gonna kill them. I agree. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, big night tonight. We got the Giants and the Patriots and the Rays and the Astros. So, yep. We'll see about that. I mean, uh, I don't know. I could definitely see one of these teams scoring more points than the Giants, so. <laughs> Possibly, yeah. Yep. All right. It's going to be our episode today. 
Uh, it's kind of our medley of sports topics, two sports, three leagues. Yep. Um, yeah. Jack's got a fly football game he's got to run yep. to. Yeah. Wish him luck, everyone. Thanks, everyone. All right. Uh, be sure to follow the show on, on um, Instagram, at Hogline Podcast. Subscribe to us on all the platforms that you listen to podcasts in. And, yeah, we're going to see you next time. We're going to have... Uh, we're gonna have a basketball expert. Our don't NBA. say, don't say, don't say, don't say, don't I'm not, say. I'm don't not, say. not. We have right. our MB, We have yeah. our NBA expert who's gonna make his hogline debut. Nice. And then the episode after that, we've got some stuff planned yep. as well. So gonna be a good couple episodes coming up for you folks. Yep. Thanks for listening Thanks. and enjoy your weekend. See yep. ya.